This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, isn't it about time your printer got smart too? Now printing is smart with HP+. And the HP Smart app is how it all happens. You can print from your phone with just a tab, no matter where you are. Even from your garage slash home office slash yoga studio. Huh, that is smart. HP+. Learn more about smart printing at hp.com slash smart. Episode 199 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. I'm in the booth today with Mike B. What up, Mike? What up, V. Corsi? What up, Tiger family? And of course, we have Zoe. What's good, Zoe? What's going on, Corey? What's up, the I love family? All right, guys, another week, another win. A lot to dissect, but let's start with the early stages of the game. This was the second straight week that the team had some fans, and I quote some, worried, because I wasn't worried. A lot of fans were worried in the first half. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think you were worried before the game. I'm talking I was about before the game. <laughs> yeah, you, were, you were worried last week. I'm talking yeah. about in the first half. Oh, my God. <laughs> but uh, last week versus Alabama State, it was tied up at the half, and we broke it open in the second half. This week, we spotted Bethune nine points before we even woke up. <laughs> and, and just before the half, we, we started to create some separation. But quick thoughts on this game, fellas. As you said, I was worried uh, going into that game, mainly for, for the fact that I, I, I was hoping that we would not underestimate this team. I really wasn't worried about us losing the game, but I was more concerned about us not being as competitive as, as we need to be, uh, getting up for a team like this. And – I know one thing about you have an only 17 coming into your stadium. Uh, that's a team that has nothing to lose. They're, they're just playing, you know, they're, they're just playing for pride right now. And and with a team like that, with a back with their backs against the wall, you never know how they're gonna react. So my concern was how our team will respond to them uh, playing like that because again, they, they have nothing they have nothing to uh, to gain or lose from this game, whereas we do. So um, you know, when when we have that intangible in the mix, they that can make it um a challenge to to come out on top of those games convincingly i wasn't really worried about uh but though cookman i uh i actually picked the score at, uh 42 7 um i respect it but though cookman I, I think they're a good team i think they're uh they just can't finish i think once they you know are able to finish i think they'll actually turn their fortunes around they're a good team they have some good talent 
Uh, I just believe in us and what we have as a team is really taking the personality of, uh, uh, of Coach Prime. So and so that, you know, after the game, you know, and we'll get into the breakout players later on, but to learn that we have players who are actually making comments because Coach Prime was out from this game to say, hey, you know, we practice with a person. We practice to dominate. And the fact that they have that mindset going to the game, that that ain't that, that relieves any tension or uneasiness that I may have when it comes to the opponent. Because at this point, the opponent doesn't matter. This team, they're close, they're 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 bonding, they're still gelling, and they're taking on a, uh, on Coach Prime Mantra. They're playing for each other. So I totally believe in this team. So I wasn't worried about the opponent. I'm I initially I naturally just worry about us. Yeah, it. I agree with that. You know, it's it's more about us than about the other team. But going back to what Mike was saying, you know, this team was winless. And for me, I, I wasn't worried, but you, you have to wonder if our players would look at that and kind of mentally take their foot off the gas, knowing that they're going up against a team that hadn't won a game. We talked about it on the preview show that this may be the best winless team in the country. And it was refreshing to hear some players saying the same thing throughout the week in different interviews, especially yeah. Keontae Hampton. Yeah. Press conference. He talked about, you know, we can't take this team lightly, lightly. They haven't won a game, but, and he went to, he, he went on to talk about how close some of the games were and how, you know, they just weren't able to close games out, but how, you know, they are a formidable opponent. So I definitely was relieved to hear that. And, and then you have the coach prime uh, factor, you know, I didn't know how that would go, you know, would they, you know, a lot of times in, in class, when the substitutes there, when the teacher's out, what do you, what do the students <laughs> tend to do? <laughs> All right. They tend to act up and not be focused. So you wondered if, the team was going to kind of go in that direction or they were to go, was it going to be the opposite where they could say, where they're going to say, well, you know what coach down here, we're going to, we're going to win this coach and we're going to be even more focused and more motivated. It seems like it was the latter. Right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 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 And th there was uh, another, another intangible there. Just um, the whole element of coach prime, not being on the sidelines and being there, how the team will respond to that. And fortunately they responded in, in, a, in a positive way. Uh, again, started off a little slow. Uh, I think it took a while for Shadur to get things figured out. You could tell that he was missing Warren Newman. You know, we we didn't have Newman in that game, and you know, Newman is kind of like his safety blanket. You know, when he when he's under pressure, he's looking for him, and and uh, and he wasn't out there today. So uh, Shadur had to figure out another way to get it done, and it took him a while. And boy, did he! he. And boy, did he ever! And you know, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're going to talk he about that. He found the guy. Despite the big win, there were some concerns from this game that we need to get to. But first, let's go ahead and start there. The elephant in the room. Malachi Weidman. And you know what? I'm just going to let Zoe take it away. <laughs> yeah, look, I've, I've been on him the day he set foot on campus. I mean, <laughs> I look, I try to told everybody. Yes, I said that correctly. I try to told everybody about Malachi Weidman. I mean, and it's, it's out there for the world to see. He got out there last week. He got a touchdown. The kid is raw. You can see that the moment he steps on the field. He got four touchdowns. And he don't even know the position yet. Like, just just wrap your mind around this. This guy is a freshman, <laughs> you know, catching four touchdowns in one game. I think he had 179 yards receiving on, like – Nine catches. Yeah, off nine catches, and he doesn't even know the position through and through yet. This is all just all raw talent. So just imagine what he's going to do when he has, the you know, the position down pack. And then also, you know, you can see now that he's building that bond with Shador because mm -hmm. to add That's to what true. you just said, add what you just said, Mike, I agree with you one thousand percent. You know, for 
Newman to be, you know, small in stature. He plays big and he has the trust of Shador. He is his security blanket. So imagine you're a freshman with your security blanket going and I got my trust in another freshman making his first start. Oh, and by the way, he just goes and gets four touchdowns. And let's not talk about the dive that he got. I mean, he looked like a seasoned veteran out there. He did. That, that's the thing that really stands out. Yeah. He does, just his progression from week to week and how quickly yes. he's grown up before our eyes. I very eyes. We talked about how he didn't get into camp until the week of registration. So, you know, a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of learning the playbook. We know he's raw. We know he's he's athletic. He's talented. We know the potential is there, but we didn't know when it was going to click. And it just it seems like we snapped the finger and it clicked. He talked about the dive, but did you see on that first touchdown the route that he ran? Yes. And we posted yes. it on our Instagram page oh or on our Facebook. Go look at that first touchdown. I, I know most people are looking at Shador, but look at the bottom of the screen and just look at the. <laughs> yeah. This is a freshman running a route that has to impress an NFL scout. If, yeah. if Man, they're watching, I saw that. I thought there was Amari Cooper out there running that route. I'm like, <laughs> good. Please, just like, man, a freshman, so, and it, it took a while to um to to get to get the hang of things, like you said. But boy, he made up for lost time. Absolutely. Nine catches, 169 yards, four touchdowns, 18.8 yards per catch. And this duo of, of Wyman and Keith Corbin, you know, Keith Corbin, he got overshadowed. Seven catches for 124 yards. That's enough to, you know, to be the offensive MVP of the game. But that was overshadowed. And one thing that I, I love about this team, if you think about it, the, the weapons that Shadur has, Early on in the season, and we were all we were all talking about how deep this wide receiver room was, and we were wondering who would be the breakouts. You know, you lose the Dalen Ball when you, you didn't have a Corey Reed. You knew you could count on a Warren Newman, and you had these guys like Shane Hooks and, and uh, uh, Rucker, and then you bring in a guy like Quay Davis. There's so many weapons, so you wonder who's going to emerge. So early on, who was it? Especially if you start that family game, it was Rucker, surprise, the true freshman, mm-hmm. and yep. Josh Lanier. So we're thinking, okay, these are going to be the guys. But over the past couple of weeks, it's been Corbin and Wyman, two completely different guys. And Newman has been con- that one consistent throughout this whole season. But obviously he wasn't available this past Saturday. So just the plethora of weapons and how it, it has switched from who the, the top two receivers are is just impressive. Yeah, but that and that speaks to the depth that we that we spoke about at the beginning of the season. Again, we had a guy who actually are the last player to to join this team have four touchdowns in the game making his first start. I mean, you can't make this up. And, and on top of that, a raw receiver. And, and I got to say this, too. I got chills after finding out, because Coach Prime actually posted on his Instagram mm-hmm. the direct message that um, Wyman sent him, letting him know, hey, Coach, because you're out, I promise you I'm going to ball out. I'm going to get these boys the business today. And for him to even have that mindset before the game, to add Prime, Coach Prime that, and then to go out there and deliver, and we got that for three more years? Mm-hmm. Man, and you talk about three more years. Think about this: for the next two to three years, Weidman and a guy who we haven't even seen—well, we've seen him, but we haven't seen him on the field in the actual game. And I mentioned him earlier, Quay Davis. That's going to be scary because yeah. <laughs> when, when he's Ali Brown, Ali Brown, Travante Rucker, it's just scary. It's just scary for opposing defenses what's what's to come in the future. I know we're, we're concerned with it right now, but the future is bright. And, you know, the work that Wyman has been putting in, along with Quay, uh, with Quay Davis, been seeing them putting in some work together, uh, you know, just uh, outside of practice. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But we can talk about these guys all day. But shout out to Wyman. I, I know he's going to finish off this season strong and really just continue to make national headlines and get national recognition as a freshman. Yeah. 
All right, and let's talk about Shador. Uh, we have to. We can't can't do any recap without talking about the QB one. Mm-hmm. We call him two. We call him grown. Eighteen for twenty five, three hundred and nine yards, four touchdowns passing, and he had another big run for a touchdown. He just continues to impress. Another game without an interception. Here we are this late in the season. This guy has thrown one interception. One and that was late in the game where he's just trying to make something happen in the last couple minutes to, you know, to try to get a comeback. But it was, a pick is a pick. But my, my point is it was just late, late in the game. But this guy, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, do, do we even need to talk about him at this point? <laughs> of course, of course yeah. we do. Of course we do. I, but I, I have to ask a question because I really want to post this to whoever is keeping up with the statistics. Shadur had to have that a record. I'm certain of it. When's the last time we ever had a true freshman to have five touchdowns, be responsible for five touchdowns in the game? I was thinking about this and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, first of all, you yeah. have to think how, how often has a true freshman started in the swag? Right. That's not, right. you know, so that's going to narrow the list down. There's only a handful of guys. That's my point. And, and mm-hmm. out of that handful of guys, I mean, I'm not the historian, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't know if that's happened. Uh, also, yeah. On Saturday's game against Bethune Cookman, that has to be, I believe, his fifth game completing seven or more of his passes. That has to be a record. That has to be a record. Not just for freshmen, but for quarterbacks in the SWAC's history. That has to be a record. Yeah. Well, we we posted the stats where uh, Shadur was compared to the other SWAC legends, uh, the quarterback legends like a Steve McNair, like a uh, Doug Williams, and like a uh, Willie Totten in their freshman season. And, you know, if you guys haven't seen it, I'll just let you go to our Instagram page or our Facebook page and see it. But when he says be legendary, he is being legendary. I'll I'll just leave it at that. And what's so remarkable about it is uh, these are not dink and dunk passes and check down passes. He's going downfield. Mm -hmm. You know, he's hitting the guys and making plays um, all over the field. And to have a completion percentage uh, at that that rate, it's it's remarkable. It's – Again, it's something that's that's unseen, um, you know, from in my eyes, you know, from a court for a professional quarterback in uh, in Jackson State. Um, even if you want to look at, you know, the landscape of college football, it's remarkable. Right, right, yeah, yeah. We don't have to just compare this to the SWAC teams and SWAC history and HBCU and FCS. I think just college in college football, this is something that is rarely done. So I think we just we better enjoy it. And I think and this really put it in perspective for me. You guys remember early on. Shadur overthrew Keith Corbin for a wide open touchdown. Yes. It didn't even seem right for him to miss a receiver. But if you think about it over the course of a college football game, especially in the SWAC, that's common for a SWAC quarterback to overthrow his receiver. Like, how often mm-hmm. do you see it? All the time. Very common, yeah. But when Shadur yeah. does it, it's like, it's awkward. It's like, wait a minute, did, how did what? He overthrew yeah. the it, it, it didn't even seem real. That's just yeah. how accurate he is. Yeah, I know. When I started, I was thinking, was this a miscommunication? Or yeah, exactly. You know, I'm like, I'm looking for the flag. Like, was he holding? Was he holding Corbin? I'm like, what? What? No flag? What? What happened? Oh, he overthrew him, huh? Huh? Why did you do that? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's special, man. Some of those passes that he that he's all season that he's hit keep Corbin with. I mean, it's just been special. So don't take it for granted, guys. I'm, I'm, this is just. This is a once in a generation thing that we're seeing. And I mean, the, the way Coach Prime recruits, though, I don't know. He'll probably bring in a quarterback option to do it. It does the same thing, but but enjoy it nonetheless. And one of the point, um, he actually, believe it or not, is on pace to break all of Steve McNair passing uh, passing yards in his uh, freshman freshman season. Correct. Yeah. 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 
All right. Well, yeah, let's 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 move it again. I, I say it every week. It's like a broken record. We could do a whole show on Shadur. So let's just move it on, move along. We we have to talk about let's get to the defense as well. You know, same old same with the defense. I think we just get so accustomed to what the defense is doing. And it's it's funny when you watch the defense, it's like early on, you're thinking, man, this defense didn't come to play today. Like they're giving up yards, they're giving up touchdowns. But then by the end of the game, when you look at the stats, you look at the <laughs> know, right? it's like, wait a minute. It seems yeah. like the, the other team was going up and down the field of the defense early right. on, but we held BC to 9 out of 27 passing, <laughs> 152 <laughs> yards, three interceptions, mm-hmm. 32 rushes for 70 yards. That's a 2.2 yard per uh, rush per attempt. And then the, the big all-everything tight end, the three-star transfer from Louisville, who has been dominating the league, who's one of the yeah. top pass catchers in FCS, Kamari Everett, two catches for 29 yards. So the dark side did what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And, and Corey, to touch on what you stated earlier about Shadur, I can actually make that statement for this defense. Mm-hmm. We have gotten so spoiled. Man, take this in. We don't know how long or when the last time we've ever seen this enjoy dominance of a defense. Yes, might be. Enjoy the ride. And we were, we gave up, I think, 220 yards of total offense. I mean, we had uh, one of the quarterbacks out there playing, throwing passes, knowing he was about to get hit. This is also another week that we – of the, the dark side defense, put another quarterback on the bench. Uh, mm-hmm. Devin Black came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had seven pass attempts. Yeah, he was two of seven, 33 yards, one interception. And the coaches were like, all right, we've, we've seen enough. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they, 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 they took him out. So um, I think there's uh, four quarterbacks we sent to the bench so far this season. I That's mean, I, it's, it's been every game except with Glass, uh, unless you count where he had to come out. Yeah, and we're not we're not talking about garbage time. I mean, I guess you have to include garbage time because if you're blowing the team out, you have to go to the. But that has to be a record too. That has to be yeah. some form of a record too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But when you're talking about forcing the team to go to the the backup quarterback in the middle of the game, that yeah, that's you, you don't see this as often now. I will say, Bethune Cookman, they have been rotating quarterbacks, so that's something that they possibly mm-hmm. or probably would have done anyway. But regardless, I think even if they weren't <clears throat> rotating quarterbacks, I think they would have had to make the switch. They would have had to have uh, make that switch right, on Saturday right. just based on what was taking place. Yeah, yeah. I say props to their coach for, um, you know, making the call that fast. And it did give them a spark. You know, it did. When, uh, it did. It when Patrick right came time. in the game, Good you know, they, they they had a scoring drive there. So uh, it did work, so to speak. But, I mean, it, dark side it, yeah. defense. So. It, it's funny that you say it provided a spark. If you're looking at this game, if, if you're at the game and watching on t- TV, it looks like, oh, man, this, this is a spark. They're moving up and down the field. You know, and, of course, they did score. But again, nine for twenty-seven, one hundred fifty-two <laughs> yards, three interceptions. So at the end of the day, if that's a spark, then more power to you, more power to you. But yeah, it let's talk about spark, these three interceptions, yeah. man. We've been starving. We've been starving for these picks, man. We yeah. have this yeah. all-world defense with no interception. Killer Cam pick, uh, kick things off in the first quarter with a pick. Shiloh, man, they'll talk about a highlight. I wanted him to score on that one, man. Oh man, it would have been all. Uh, and then Al Young, yeah. I wanted him to score as well. Yeah. And let me talk about before y'all talk about just the the secondary and the picks. Let me talk about that Al Young interception. Now he's gonna get credit for it, but you know who caused that interception? Go back and watch the highlight. James Houston, he absolutely manhandled the lineman. I mean, it was just a, it was abuse. It was abuse, and the yeah. QB had to get rid of it. And uh, Al uh, benefited for uh, for that. I mean, he he made the play. I can't take it away from him, but he benefited right, right. from. But go go back and watch what what James Houston did to that lineman yeah. on that play. Right. Yeah, but that's that's what your front court is supposed to do for your secondary. You know, uh, be disruptive. 
make the quarterback alter his throws, uh, you know, force some hurried passes, and then your, uh, your DBs can eat. And that's exactly what they did. And that's how I felt coming into this game. When I looked at Shannon Patrick, I think he led the swag and interception, and I'm pretty sure he still does now. Uh, so I kind of, you know, did the Birdman hand rub there, and I said, okay, this is, a, this is an opportunity <laughs> for our defense. To, uh, to, to... Uh-huh. What should they did? You know, Mike, you know, you're, you're right, man. That, that defensive line can it, it can get cornerbacks drafted. And I take it back to 2000, 2001. Shout out to Avis Heath, a.k.a. Get Ready, man. He called it going into that 2000 season. He said our defensive line is going to get Rashad Anderson drafted in the first round. And people were looking mm-hmm. at him like he was crazy. And I'm not saying that's why he got drafted. You, you got to give Rashad his credit. He's, he was a dog. But <laughs> yeah. and we had a D-line, monster D-line yeah. back then, and he yeah. definitely benefited from it. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and you probably see the same thing in this couple of years and moving forward. So, uh, and, great job by that front four. And uh, one thing I want to add on too about the interceptions that we got, uh, we you know stated that we hadn't had any until this game. I really feel like once we got that first one, mm-hmm. it springboarded the other two, and I think yeah. I really believe that's going to carry on for the rest of the season because we've yeah. had opportunities in previous games, but we and just had some it. drops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like anything else. It was a snowball effect, kind of like when mm-hmm. you get even a fumble, you tend to force more or get recover more, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a snowball effect. I think since we got the monkey off our back and we got that first one, mm-hmm. I can yeah, foresee yeah. exactly, even with the opponents and the solid play that they have going forward, mm-hmm. I think we're going to get a lot more interceptions in these last mm-hmm. four games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that, Cameron Seelman too. He he got he had an interception and a sack. And a sack. Yeah, he. I mean, it's like, does he play linebacker? Does he play safety? Is he on the defensive line? Because he's all over the field. He's always oh, in the. Yeah. If you're watching it on the t- on TV, he's always in the picture, <laughs> no matter what camera angle. <laughs> exactly. Like, wait a minute, what, where is he lining up? You, Shout out you to know, the camera. You know what you just described, Corey? In a way, because I've said this, I don't want to sound sacrilegious, but he he his game is so much like Tyron Matthew. I knew it. I knew it. He's knew like the honey badger. I'm not saying he's the honey yeah. badger. But his game is like the honey badger. If he can get better in coverage, man, look out. He's a freshman. And again, true freshman. True freshman. I said this months ago. I said this team. I said we have two teams. We have a team of transfers that I think if you said transfer only, we I think we could win the sweat. Just tra- I mean, we're talking about your, you know, your McLean's, your yep. Josh Lanier's, Keith Corbett. But if you take a, a all freshman team, I'm talking about Shadur, Rucker. Katron Evans <laughs> down the line, that team could compete in the sweat. Yes. I, I would have to see the whole list to see to say if I think they could they could win the sweat. But the yes. all freshman Jack State team could sweet compete in the sweat. Cam yes. Silman. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh th- yeah, but going back to that D-line, four sacks. We we mentioned Silman. Uh shout out to Hamp. Hamp got a sack. Hamp has mm-hmm. been stepping it up a lot lately in, yeah. in the past couple of weeks. Bomber. Definitely. Definitely. Uh Owens, he's man, just missed the consistency. Owens coming from Georgia Tech. Uh shout out to McLean, Malik McLean. I know we've all been waiting for him. Uh he's been trying to work on some things health-wise and, and kind of get back into the flow of things, but <clears throat> got a half sack. And big Devontae Davis played extended minutes, and you saw him all over the field making plays in the backfield. He got credited with a half sack as well. Yeah. Good to see. So it's it's not just you know, Coach Prime's guys, it's the guys that they were already, you know, on campus here. You see Davis and Hampton. You know, guys making plays, so it's just you know, crane, uh, iron sharp as iron, Reagan, yep. money crane, yeah, yeah. So definitely, who have uh, you know stepped up from that previous regime. So uh, definitely, overall, you know, offensively and defensively, definitely a solid performance. Uh, shout out to the special teams. We made all of our PATs. 
solid in the kicking game. And then, of course, the returns to Ronte Rucker. It just thrown out there, man, to return some punts within the absence of Warren Newman. And he almost took one back to the house, got tripped up at the end. Yep. Uh, Zay Bolden, the guy who I've been waiting to get back on, on some kick return duties, he took one to the house, man. That speed, that was electrifying. I know we had uh, our, our plug on the show, Marquez, a couple weeks ago talking about the fastest players on the team. He didn't mention Zay Bolden. I don't have to follow up with him and question him on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he made it look so easy, too. He he mm-hmm. he fielded the ball. He waited for his block to set up, and then he was gone. Mm-hmm. He, was, he, he made it look almost like, like Madden or something. It was like, man. Yeah, he did. It was just a, a great return. And this is a week after we got through bragging on Ala Brown and his potential in the return game and that burst. And we're talking about, you know, wait, looking forward to seeing him. <laughs> and then here comes Zay Bolden taking one to the house. So again, it just goes back to the weapons. We we cannot escape from that word weapons uh or depth. We we can't escape from those terms on all three in all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. So this is just a special ball club. Yeah, it was a sound game, very sound game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. And let's talk about some concerns. You know, everything wasn't fine and dandy despite the score. I mean, if you look at the score, you think everything is great. But mm-hmm. offensive line, man, it's been Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde uh, struggled early and often, gave up four f- sacks in the first half, seven sacks overall. And I think, you know, a couple of those sacks we may we may want to look at, you know, possibly should do it getting rid of the ball a little bit sooner. But nonetheless, uh, seven sacks and he was under some <laughs> pressure as well. So missing Tony Gray. But hey, if we're gonna brag on our depth, we gotta brag on our depth. We can't we can't say, oh, we we're deep and then complain that one of our mm-hmm. offensive linemen is out. So yeah. it's a broken record, fellas. What, what was going on with the O line on Saturday? Yeah, we just need some consistency in the worst way. Don't expect complete domination where you know Shador's not getting touched at all. Right. But I mean, we gotta have some consistency. That that is to say that's a concern is putting it mildly. I mean, it's more than a concern because it's been a consistent thing. The only two things we've been having consistent um, negative on this team has been the O-line play and the penalties. Mm-hmm. You know, and we if we can get both of those in reverse order, you know, we could be a very special team. What do you right. think, Mike? Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. I could definitely see Coach Taylor's insistence on establishing a run. You know, we, we tried to run it inside, but we just we just couldn't get through. BCU's D-lineman, they, they were getting a lot of penetration. And uh, that's something that, that we just can't have. So I think it's going to be an opportunity for uh, the coaches and the players to try to uh, scheme up ways that we can uh, be more creative, uh, you know, with, with our run. I don't know if we need more misdirections or what, but we, we have to figure something out. If we want to, if we really want to go on this swag run and truly dominate and get to the celebration bowl and all that, I think we have the weapons to do it. But we definitely have to uh, find some kind of way to establish a consistent running game. Saturday, 38 rushes, 28 yards. You just won't get it done now. Now, there was – that does include negative 41 by Shador due to the sacks. Uh, but even if you, you know, take that away, it's it's still not going to get it done. Yeah, and that, and that goes right back to the, the O-line play, you know. If, if we get consistent O-line play, not saying that we're going to automatically get, you know – uh, you know, 150 yards. Because again, give credit to Bethel Cookman. Their D lineman came to play, mm-hmm. but you know, we but we don't have to with the way with the playmakers that we have. We don't have to run for 150 yards, but we gotta have some form of a threat of a running game. You know, like for example, uh, Marshall didn't get 100 yards last week, but he had 97. You know, if, if he was able to get 90 yards, I mean, you're on 10 yards from away from 100. 
but on on you know 15 carries for 90 yards that's great you got to have a semblance of a threat of the run game where you're still getting four to five yards and we aren't getting it yeah. i think uh i think marshall's i think he had ended up coming to like about two yards to carry it's not gonna cut it yep. mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I definitely agree with that yeah if, if we can get it running it like again you said it doesn't have to be 175 yards if, if you can run for 4.2 4.5 yards to carry uh, that goes a long way in how sure uh, defense coordinators have to scheme for you. And it's mm-hmm. going to open things up even more for Shadour. Fortunately, he manages to get it done anyway. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, but which is amazing. He's more of a weapon, yeah. I mean, we, we're doing this, or we did it at least Saturday, and a couple times this year we've done it while being one-dimensional, which usually you aren't going to – not only are you not going to win games, but you're definitely not going to blow teams out. So we're fortunate in that regard, but you can't count on that every week. You definitely can't put that much pressure on a, a freshman, a court, any quarterback, but especially a freshman, although Shadour constantly shows that he, his shoulders are built for it. But it's just too much over the course of the season. So definitely uh, that's something that we got to see improve this season. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. Uh, what about Coach Flea making his Jackson State head coaching debut as interim? Now, he, he's been a head coach before. It's not his, his first time. But, uh, you know, in a situation like this, you know, you can't have a coach that can come in and drop the ball. But <laughs> but he did a good job of just uh, holding it together and dominating like Coach Prime would want. Yeah, he did, man. He he actually – he held the fort down. Uh, he filled his role as assistant head coach admirably, you know, uh, the team was still motivated. I we, we got a, a feel from that again from the you know the interviews and the press conference that the players held, you know, pretty much echoing all the coaching staff's thoughts and what they were, you know, instructed to do and you know, kept their eyes on the prize and that's the opponent, not overlooking them, fall into a trap like you know, Coach Prime's not here. And again, I go back to, you know, Wyman's message, you know, again, a true freshman having the thought and the mindset of hey, we practice to dominate. And so we're going to go out here and he made a promise. Hey, coach, because for you, since you're out, we're going to play for you. And I plan on dominating today. So, again, that's I think that's a reflection of, of Coach Flea uh, to hold the fort together and, you know, and see this thing through. Yeah, I think he did an excellent job. And, and again, it just um, hats off to Coach Prime because, you know, Coach Flea was one of the coach, first coaches that he added to his staff. And now we kind of understand why he has that head coaching experience. And uh, it showed we needed that uh, this week. And, uh, and Coach Flea was able to provide that leadership that we needed uh, to come out of this game with, with a W and, and win very uh, convincingly. Again, got off to a slow start, but as a good coach would do, he kind of, you know, settled his troops and kind of uh, allowed them to rally around him. And we came out victorious. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And we heard from Coach Flea after the game as well. So let's get his thoughts on the game. Everything that Coach Brown put in place, the foundation, you know, we got to find a way to start fast. And one thing we know, we can play from behind and start and finish very strong. We got to put four quarters together. And that's the one way we will know how to win championships. When you play for four quarters, you got some injuries coming down the line. But October and November is when you play your toughest uh, uh, schedule, when you play your toughest game. You got the toughest mindset. So we got to fight through the injuries. We got to fight them. We got to play the ones available play. Next man up. You know, we got a boss man right now. Get some rest and the coaching style together, and you know, we was able to put something together to get this win. So now this team got to make sure they put our leadership, put it together, even though we got the energy and injuries, but find a way to win. It feels good. You know, anytime you, um, you know, and, you know, it's not about me, it's about the staff together. We came together. And anytime as a staff we come together when, you know, when the boss man, the big man, big brother is not in, and we still able to 
under his standard, the things that he got in place, his foundation, and just carry it out day by day. Game day is game day. It's about the preparation throughout the week. You know, when you have a bad practice, how you come back and get the guys going to it, be able to compete. Are they mentally ready for everything as far as to come to scheme, any type of situation? You know, Coach Brown is big on situations. And I think today we did a great job as far as situations. And I want to look at the uh, red zone percentage, third down percentage, to get an overall uh, view of how we did. But I, when, from, a, from a naked eye, I think we came out and did well to get the win. And I think Coach Prime, you know, I'm sure he's somewhere watching. And I think he'll be, he will be proud of us right now. I'm sure he said a prayer before the game. I'm sure he thanked the Lord after the game. So we just want to make sure that we continue to track, carry out the tradition that he's trying to install in us. All right, that was interim head coach Gary Harrell, a.k.a. Coach Flea. Great job, Coach Flea. We love you, but Coach Prime, come on back. We want you back. Yeah, <laughs> All right, fellas, we have a stranglehold on this Eastern Division race. We're not going to look too far ahead and start making plans, although you may want to book some hotels just in case. Already. Uh, but uh, things are looking good, so I'm looking forward to this stretch run. Mississippi Valley State next. Should be a win. They're going to come in ready to play. They've had uh, improved. Shout out to Coach Dancy. Improved team. Definitely has the, changed some culture up there. Positive attitudes up there in terms of, uh, you know, expectations. Definitely. Very close ball game with FAMU on Saturday. A game that I'm sure they, when you lose the game, you always say we should have won. But that's a game that they really could have won. So we can't take this team lightly. We definitely got to prepare for them. They always play as tough. Uh, so let's go up there and get the win and keep this momentum. So looking forward to catching up with you guys on the next episode. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. And that'll do it for episode 199 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook. Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag, I believe. Hashtag, pack the vet. Hashtag, the I love.